0: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is the 28th instalment this season. So, still rattling through these bad boys. And we're
1: closing in on the split. There's five game weeks now until our second wildcard of the season. It's kind of all come around quite quickly.
0: Yeah, it feels only like yesterday we released our first four podcasts
1: previewing the season. Yeah, wow If only we'd known these three things. Ross County would be five points within European qualification, they would be the uh, third highest scoring football team, the highest scoring outside of the old firm, and Regan Charles Cook uh, is the top scorer in SPFL. Those three things are all true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've really reflected on that over the past few days, like, my God, if only someone had told me that before the start of the season, I would have rolled around on the floor laughing hysterically.
0: Yeah, whilst then also quickly putting a tenor on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Um, um, I think this is sort of just a run of the mill uh, game week, to be honest. Um, nothing too serious coming up. I know we've got a double game week in the pipe in game week 30, followed by what should be a blank in 31. Um, still waiting for those Scottish Cup games to play out. Um, so, you know, n- no news on that front, um, but keep your eyes peeled. I guess on our timeline, we'll be doing our best to update you as such um today's episode yeah it's just gonna be running the mill i think we should probably start by letting folk know how we got on so thomas and um, tell us about your
0: transfers this week your points scored and your overall rank so this week i actually didn't make a single transfer um i just felt that there wasn't too much to justify i put my phone down just before i got the team news because i found that doing team newsy type stuff has sort of hindered me in the past where it's like a regular has been out for one game so i've been like tried to transfer him out and then that's kind of backfired because it's like you transfer him out and then you transfer him back in a week later so i was like i'll avoid doing that so i had gordon in goals who got me a lovely six points after he kept a clean sheet my rangers defense who clearly didn't play a minute zero points and zero points Yep, Rangers' defense played zero minutes and nothing to that. Um, Ibrox. Uh, yep, no, I'm kidding. They obviously conceded two goals. Um, James Tavernier had three shots on target, but then got a yellow card, so kept his kept his total at zero points. Fancy football Scotland
1: uh, Twitter account um, tweeted today that this was his first zero pointer of the entire season, which is pretty monstrous. Yep, considering he's played what, every game.
0: Uh, was there? Was there not a couple of games when Patterson oh, played? I might have. Yeah, that's Before true. He left for Everton. Yeah. Anyway, um, then Uranovich got me a lovely eight points, uh, and Obilai got me six. Both keeping clean sheets and Uranovich getting two bonus points. Then Sir Lord Regan Charles Cook got me fifteen. Josta got me three. Ferguson got me six not scoring but completing a pass over 40 passes having three shots on target and two bonus points captain abada Bit of a blank getting me a total of six points and then vice Morelos doing what vice captain Morelos does getting me 15 and Boyce for two and the only player on my bench that scored points this week was grieve due to Ramsey and Robson not playing so they got bench tricked out and um, so that meant i finished this week on a total of 67 points moving me into the top 400 for like the first time in the last nine game weeks <laughs> not bad that's yeah fair it is it's sort of all coming
1: together for you with 11 game weeks to go yes it's all coming up millhouse how did your week go harry good um, I think that's maybe my third consecutive green arrow, fourth maybe. Um, a small one again. Um, going from, I think it was 44 up to 39. Um, but when you're up at these heights, Thomas, and it's so tight and competitive, um, you know, it's tough to make any big splashes. Um, points wise, I did fine enough. Three points less than you for 64. So, uh, Gordon for six, finally returning in goals. Uh, Bassley for nothing. Captain Tavernier for nothing. Uh, Juranovic scored eight, Obelai six, same as you, Regan Charles Cook 15, Jota three, Ferguson six. And I have a feeling that the fact that he's doing these things, like, you know, on top of the minutes played and his, you know, his attacking output, it's these pass points, shots on target points, which has ultimately led him to be,
0: is it, top five scoring midfielders at this point in the game? The last time I checked, I think it was six, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's. Gone ahead of, I think it was Kamara who was in fifth right. at the time. He'll be there or thereabouts. McMullen for two, who is absolutely stinking at my team. He'll
1: be on his way out, I think, next game week. Uh, Abada for three. Vice-Captain Morellas for 15. Boyce, two, on my bench. And then bench player and Ramsey got nothing. Um... Yeah, actually, I forgot to mention. I ended up burning a transfer. I'd already banked a transfer, and woke up far too hungover to be in a sort of rational mind to make a decision. The sort of plans I had in the back of my brain, which were still sort of kind of clear to me, was like, "Oh, I would like either Mackay or uh, Forest in, and sacrifice McMullen, But I, f- their price have prices have risen, and McMullen's has fallen, meaning I couldn't afford him. Then I was, I was, uh very quietly thinking, do I go Boyce to Anderson? And in hindsight, maybe I should have, but then I felt like I brought in Boyce for a run of fixtures. I was going to be a bit more patient with him. So, not that it didn't pay out, but I was some of the ideas that were coming to me whilst I was trying to figure out what to do with my transfer were just kind of terrible. And I'm glad I didn't do anything. So, it
0: was the. Not making a transfer was better than more than 50% oh, then, of your transfers. Oh either. yeah, definitely than <laughs> blowing up my
1: team. <laughs> um So no, I'll take it. A green arrow. Um I've still got two free transfers to to use. I In hindsight, maybe I could have used a transfer on a Motherwell player, but at that point, you know, I ignore team news now, so I did not realise that Ramsey was unavailable maybe I would have gone to a Motherwell defender in preparation of their run, which is something we'll come on to talk about this this week, but... I didn't see anything obvious, and I thought, "If oh, there's nothing obvious, and I have the captaincy options I really want, then I'll leave it." And that's what I did. And it yeah. worked out fine enough. So,
0: I mean, I was in the same boat as you. Uh, yeah, I, like I just didn't see transfers that needed to be made. Um, on the topic of Lewis Ferguson, he has now jumped up to fourth place. Yep, and um, I'm quite happy to own him for the season running, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, Harry, we were in the debate a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Harry was of the opinion that not every player, but you should have a large, large cohort of players that you'd be sort of willing to captain or vice-captain. And I was suggesting that Carter Vickers is just sort of one of those players that plays every game. He's in arguably the best defence. Lewis Ferguson has done that this season as well. He's one of those players that if you just sort of left them in your team and not captained him, like, you could justify keeping him there yeah, I and mean his pr- price has risen from I think he started the season around
1: 4.8, 4.9 million he's now all the way up to 6 so he's a premium asset I mean I guess you would maybe have to readjust what premium and mid-priced and budget assets are etc cetera, etc cetera, seeing as It seems to me, at least, that the fluctuations in prices of players and therefore team value is far greater than other popular fantasy football games, Um, but I feel like at 6 million at this point in the season, he probably sneaks in as a big hitter.
0: Yeah, there or thereabouts. I can't think of too many players, especially considering that Boyce has left that there's many more. Boyle has left. Boyle, yes. I think he's like 7th or 8th highest.
1: Yep, yep. Right. Oh, um, before we press on, um, want to shout out at XG underscore data again. Um, put the tables up yesterday. Um, the expected goals, uh, table. So go have a look at those and be sure to follow at XG underscore data on Twitter. Um, the tables are actually making for some fairly interesting reading uh, at the moment. And we're going to refer to them as we press on through this podcast. Why don't we start then by having a look at the first fixture on the sports scene, uh, running order? Aberdeen won, Dundee United won. Um, <laughs> Aberdeen celebrating the unveiling of the Sir Alex Ferguson statue with a 1-1 draw in
0: the, uh, New Firm Derby. Yes, uh, one of my friends said that they had, uh, replaced, uh, Lewis with the statue of, Sir Alex Ferguson hoping he could have a better impact. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I probably would to be honest.
1: I also, I think that someone on the Terrace podcast pointed out as well that like, if this had been any other day they would have pushed for the game to be postponed because they had, Aberdeen had a very threadbare bench which was a, as a result of a COVID outbreak in the camp but they couldn't exactly like cancel the unveiling of the Sir Alex Ferguson oh, like, best of, of manager ever. So they had to sort of just press on <laughs> and pretend that nothing was really up but... That was the sort of big news for me. Was a couple of key players going missing. Yeah, Ramsey um, McCrory and Hayes were all out. Uh, Ramsey McCrory Hayes. Yeah, yep. Um, so that meant that McLennan, Montgomery and Ojo filled in, uh, and and Kennedy came in at left wing.
0: Yeah, uh, they, or left mid. They played a four one four one or four one two three or four three three. Whatever your numbers like to mean. They played with a four at the back and some wide midfielders.
1: On the Dundee United side of things, a team that have sort of been picking up results here and there more recently, um, McDonald came back in for Butcher um, as, as the only change from their fixture versus Rangers.
0: Rangers, um, What did you make of the match, Thomas? Pretty boring, not going <laughs> to uh, Not too much happened. I feel Ramirez... I was looking at his stats. It said he only had one shot and... I felt like it was more than that, but his only shot that I can remember was one that was like pretty much on the penalty spot and he skies it. Player who I liked the look of was Bizowin. Again, he's looking really like a really good talent that Aberdeen have signed. Um, uh, involved with it in everything going forward for Aberdeen this game, I thought. Yep. And he was who, uh, if Kennedy could direct a ball from a yard out goal. go I see what he got the assist, but Kennedy got the fantasy, fantasy assist for the Edwards OG. Um, yeah. Ferguson was also, uh, he's been playing more advanced since Goodwin came in because when not full of the COVID, McCrory plays in a sort of deeper role. Yeah. Um, so, if you've got Ferguson 100%, keep him. He's getting very far forward. And although he's not as pivotal for Aberdeen going forward, a lot still goes through him.
1: I've noticed his numbers picking up when I kind of go and look at the individual uh, like player statistics on com. He's been cropping up a lot more. Uh, this game week he took four shots, put three on target, and had expected goals of 0.3. Um, he's a danger from set pieces. He's a danger in open play. He likes to take shots and he's on penalties. So very good sort of well-rended midfield asset. I have Bazawan down as well. Uh, three shots, one on target with a 0.4 XG. Um, and then, yep, Kennedy here too. What did you make of Aberdeen as a whole? I thought that if you remove the penalty, um, which was a you know, as a result of a, a fairly large blunder from David Bates, would you, I thought Aberdeen went fairly solid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was listening to the Misery Hunters, and they were saying the thing that Jim Goodwin did first at Saint Marin was make them a like well-drilled, organized defensive unit, and you can sort of start see you do start to see that here. It's just a shame that Bates is kind of rubbish. Ah.
1: So in that case, I had been considering moving Ramsey on for a motherwell defender. Do you think if if he's a back in the lineup, just hold on to him?
0: No, Uh, even if he is, I think the next three games are tough. I think they play Hearts away, Rangers away and Hibs at home. Yeah, Hibs at home, Dundee away and Ross County at home as the season, as we head towards the split. Uh, But so you, Hibs, not the greatest goal threat, Dundee Dundee, again, not the greatest goal league. But then you've got Ross County. So you've only got two favourable fixtures until the end of the season for defensive output.
1: Yeah, no, you make a good point. And Hearts and Rangers, particularly from an attacking perspective, two teams that are flying this season. Um, Dundee United, Thomas. I didn't pick out any players really with regards to their performance. Um, anything you'd like to say on, on this side?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm some of in a similar boat. Uh, I think there was like one highlight which I saw Il can do something, and that was like in the build-up for them winning the penalty. I think it was between him and Harkes. It was some nice sort of like link-up play, but I didn't see too much from anyone. I feel Tony Watt just isn't firing much at Dundee United, and I think there's a he's he's he's
1: expected to do all the creating and the goal scoring, and that's the issue here. Um, he doesn't necessarily have anyone feeding him good balls, and he sort of has to carve out the opportunities himself. They could probably do with another sort of flare player, playmaker in there.
0: Yeah, I would have to somewhat agree with
1: that. Their fixture running is sort of yeah you know, fairly hot and cold as this as yeah as we head into game week twenty nine. Let's have a look: Livingston away, Hearts at home, then away to Saint Mirren and Hibbs, followed by a game at home to Dundee. I'm not targeting them for transfers necessarily, but if you're holding assets, I think you could quite reasonably
0: have have rotate them, a, them or like put them on the bench. And yep. if that something happens, they can no. get the points for the bench trick.
1: Yep, I, I would agree. Let's move on then, Dundee versus Livingston, Um, Anderson scores twice as Livy, batter, McGee's Dundee, Um, before we talk about team news, etc, etc, that seems like a mistake, hiring McGee to sit in the stands.
0: Yeah, I did say this last week though, that the fan on the Terrace podcast talking about it felt that they had appointed the assistant manager but I've hired McGee to not make fans even more annoyed. And it's like, of all the managers you could have picked, you picked McGee. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, the, they were 3-0 down after 20
1: minutes. <laughs> and they, I think they got their just desserts. Like, so I understand going to Lake Park and lining up in a, a bank of three and a bank, sorry, a bank of five and a bank of three and having like one and a half men up top. But they did it at home to Livingston. A flat back five and a midfield three with Charlie Adams sitting on the bench. It's like, what are you expecting from this? Like, you're already at the bottom. Like, don't overcomplicate this and play your best players. Um, but, um, yeah, McMullen was uh, bombed out the side for, for Ruddon.
0: Um, whilst uh, Livingston are unchanged three games in a row. I know. Uh, I've got that in my notes too, would you believe it? It is quite quite something. Um but anyway, on to the footy. Um,
1: Livingston are good, eh? Or do you think it's a case of Dundee making them look much better than they
0: are? I think... Livy are good, but I think Dundee are diabolical. And it's like, I'm actually at the point where I'm like, even tempted to like, suggest that you transfer out a Dundee player for their double game week. Like, I don't see them picking up any points there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: removing McMullen because he's now been, he didn't even start this game week. Their um, fixture is against like Motherwell and St. Mirren. They're they double game between thirties against Motherwell away and St Marin at home, and it's like. Those are two teams that are in that like sort of five point gap, like that sort of five point melee in the middle of the table, all from, pushing for European football? From like ninth to fourth, isn't it? Yeah. Where do you think player psychology falls tenth to fourth? Where do you think player psychology falls here? In favor of teams that are trying everything to qualify for European football or uh Mark McGee? is it Mark McGee? Yeah, it's Mark McGee? Mark McGee's Dundee, who just got a four nil battering at home <laughs> off Livingston. <laughs> yeah. And it's a tough run as well. Like Hibernian, could like a good uh, side coming into form. Motherwell have had a tough 2022, but are a good side. Come back, good competitive side. St Mirren, new manager, but nonetheless a good squad. Rangers at home, <laughs> Aberdeen at home, two good sides, and then Dundee United away,
0: a, a derby away from home. I mean, you say away from home, you can throw a stone from one stadium to the other, but I get your point. Yeah. The home fans will <laughs> be behind Dundee United. Another
1: team in the hunt for fourth place. It, it is. They play, they play almost all of them. Remove Livingston and uh, Livingston and Ross County. They play every single team that's in the hunt for fourth place, plus Rangers.
0: Yeah, I was about to make the ob- observation that they play everyone above them, but then everyone is above them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so... What we're saying then? Strategize your trans, your strat, strategize your transfers around
0: what teams play Dundee, so you can bring someone in and captain them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come game week thirty one, I'll be captaining a Rangers play- Rangers player when they play Dundee. I
1: yeah, know. I'm looking at I'm looking at the um, Hibernian away to Dundee. and I'm thinking, ah, maybe maybe I don't know who Jake Doherty comes in takes captaincy. Ah, probably not. But still. probably not. But yeah, I get your point. It's a consideration now. I do look for Dundee. On the fixture ticker and think, right? Is there a way that that fixture lines up with another run of a couple of good games? Um, i guess guessing Hibbs does, but we'll talk about them in a second. Um, yeah, Livingston deserved to win comfortably, maybe not quite four 0 but it's one of those things when it, when you when you're down three 0 at half time, sort of game state goals come
0: into effect. It's not when you're three 0 down at half time, as I said, it's when you're three 0 down after twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anderson. Uh, scored twice.
1: Forrest registered an assist, and I think they both picked up a number of bonus points. Um, I picked them both. We both have talked about them as good Livy assets. Yep. Uh, and neither of us brought them in. Do you think at this point it's just time to kiss goodbye to those fantasy football points, or do you see them in
0: your transfer plans before the split? I think I could easily go for either of them come game week 32. But like, like you know, it was like a very sort of short burst transfer, but. I don't see the point of bringing in a Livingston, like, attacker when they play Dundee United, Celtic and Hearts as their next three, their next three games.
1: Hey, I but to be fair, Dundee United's defence has slipped somewhat according to um, the expected data. If you sort by expected goals over the last six, they are rock bottom. And then when you do it over the four, they are second from bottom. I would, cons- I would maybe re perceive, like, was it, re- recon- reconfigure, reconceptualize that f- fixture as, you know, somewhat, a comfortable fixture from an attacking perspective, especially seeing as they're at home. Find Celtic, you bench your Livingston players. Hearts away might be tough, but then back in for St. Johnson and Motherwell. Yeah, true. I could. And it's one of those things, it's like, do you, do you overthink it? Like, these guys are in good form, they're both posting good numbers, have been for a while. Yeah, I suppose if you've got
0: like a transfer to back, but I feel up, t- uh, up top I could go from... I mean, I've, you've got your bench trick up front, so yep. you have to sort of decide. Like, Morelos is like untouchable.
1: I have to decide whether or not I'm persisting with Boyce.
0: And uh, then do you not? Do you think Anderson's the best one or do you think you could move like sideways to Sims? Uh, I don't see too
1: much sense in moving sideways. I guess we'll come on to talk about Boyce in a bit, but I guess so. You don't think you don't see yourself bringing in a Nelvivson player in the short short term future?
0: I might bring in Forrest. Might bring in Forrest. Fair enough.
1: I i can probably happy to move on. There is there anything worth discussing? Livingston looking really good. In fact, just to sort of give them a bit more credit where credit is due, over the last six fixtures, they are still fourth for expected goals, and they are second for expected goals against. For the last four, they're fourth again for for their attack and for their defense again second. So they are looking like a great team. Lineup is nailed. So if you are making a Levy transfer. I'm not going to talk you off that ledge uh, and persist with targeting Dundee for cats and season transfers probably there uh, I'm going to write off the sixth premiership side as podcast the sixth time I've done this this season but
0: Dundee are finished I reckon yeah, I, I don't get why this yeah moving on Mo- yeah the, the sooner we move on the better anyway up to Dingwall I believe talking of finished teams St. Johnson lost this
1: weekend um <laughs> Regan Charles Cook found himself back in the score sheet as he um, projects himself up into top goal scorer. Um, Yeah, this actually, it sort of didn't really cross my mind, but this game was actually massive for both teams. If uh, Ross County were to have lost, I think St. St. Johnson would
0: have been within one point. Uh, Yes, because Ross County not currently seven points as a result of winning 3-1. Yeah, so... You know, huge result for Ross
1: County and really injecting some hope in their uh, push for European football there. What now? Yeah, five points off fourth, as I had said, only a couple points behind Aberdeen. Yeah, massive. Um, let's go positive first then. We'll speak about Ross County. Set up in their typical four-two-three-one, um, with Hungball coming back in for Samuel. I thought that just was the sort of logical decision to be made after he didn't start against Hibson they didn't look very good going forward Um, Watkins came in for Vulcans in defence then on the other side of this fixture St. Johnson set out in their 3-5-2 as they more or less always have done under Cam Davidson um, with Butterfield coming in for Davidson the only change from their uh, victory versus hearts what did you make of Ross County?
0: Not that great would you believe it? Uh, I have got Henry down as, like, a player that I wouldn't talk you out of getting. Um, saying that, I've just looked at their fixtures and uh, they're kind of... Ross County. Of, oh, said, about, yeah, oh, Ross, County we, oh, Ross County first. Oh, Ross County first. Oh, you said St. Johnston. Oh, did I? Yeah. I misspoke oh, then. Ross County, I mean... We've been waxing lyrical about them offensively all season and I think that's just the same again here.
1: Was it for their like second or third goal, the way they were just knocking it about <laughs> the park? It's like I was like having to sort of like clean my glasses, like what am I watching? Here? This is
0: Malky McKay's yeah. Ross County playing football here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, just really something else. What so yeah, what do you think about Ross County then?
0: I mean I think the the obvious asset is the obvious asset. Yeah. I just I don't feel the other ones are consistent enough in their points returns I would agree um humble arguably could start being sort of a very cheap option but like at this point of the season I feel that if you've been sort of keeping up to date with who's like who's good and who's not you should be able to afford Reagan Charles Cook
1: yeah his price will be well up now he'll definitely be into mid price but you don't look past him He's on uh so he scored twice this game week but I'm expect from an expected goals of 0.2 we had we had mentioned um that his underlying statistics did not necessarily support his output and we even toyed with the idea in hindsight, I don't know why we even bothered um, you know, considered maybe is it time to move him on, like, you know, consider this points banked and go elsewhere Um, he obviously was listening because he put like two fantastic finishes in this week yeah, they were both so lovely A sort of like curved shot from outside the box and then that sort of like on the turn half volley, like hooking it past the keeper yeah, no, I would definitely agree with your assessment, Regan Charles Cook is the player. Let it be noted he scored twice from his two shots the whole game. Um, I thought Hungbo looked really good, um, coming back into the side. And yeah, Hendry does seem like a pest and they're. I'm not going to go and say the only one that's still trying, but like, see, when the final whistle blew, he's sort of like bent over the uh, advertising boards, like clearly, like just exhausted. <laughs> so he's clearly very committed to the St. Johnston cause, which is maybe something that will come into my consideration down the line, but it's kind of similar to Dundee. That was a huge, like a must win game for St. Johnston, and they lost it. That puts their... Seven points behind
0: Ross County. And did you say they come into a tough run of fixtures? St. Johnston, yes, they play Rangers at home, Hebs away, Motherwell at home, Livingston at home, Celtic away. Five
1: teams, all with a lot to play for. And all, I would consider, teams to be
0: much better than St. Johnston this season. I mean, like I feel like that's sort of a similar point. There's my Dundee teams above them. But like every team this season, I feel, has something to play for now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. Maybe the only team adrift at this point are probably Hearts. They're pretty safe on their island in the third place.
0: I mean, you say that. They were, what, nine points clear the other week? And that's slowly... And now they're 11 points clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, because none of the teams below below them (laughs) won.
1: Motherwell drew, Dundee drew, Hibs drew. Everyone drew. Yeah, and then teams below them were the ones that were winning. No. No, I think Hearts could probably consider themselves safe unless they collapse post-split, but... uh, yeah, Stranger St. Johnson. Have happened, yeah. St. Johnson, probably. What about Ross County for transfers? Let's have a look at their fixtures. Um, again, hot and cold. It's a very similar run to that of St. Johnson, but I just consider Ross County to be much better. They play Motherwell and St. Mirren in game 29 and 30. I, I like both of those fixtures and we'll start and Charles Cook for both of those. Following that three very stiff fixtures in Celtic, Hearts and Aberdeen. So I would probably be sliding them onto the bench for. At least at two, least of, two those. of those. We'll see. Right, uh, next one to us. What's the next fixture? Uh,
0: St. Mirren nil to Hearts.
1: Yeah, Devlin and Sims quick fire goals as 10-man St. Mirren fall at home to
0: Hearts. Yes. Uh, another team that made no t- changes this week, which was St. Mirren. Yeah, yep. Seems that Robinson is... Trying to figure out his... Or has figured out his best start I in the Considering that Ronan is being sent off, I believe as a result of it being a straight red, it's two
1: matches? I had a look. We actually have a question in that regard as well. I think it's FPL Barracuda. I'm going to quickly pull that tweet up seeing as um, we're going to discuss it now. Yeah, one of the questions this week was in relation to um, the uh, suspension period of... Uh, of connor ronan here we are so at uh barracuda uh asks um how many games is ronan suspended for after the straight red if more than one game then it would probably affect their double uh and he is probably right i went and had a look at the laws of the game did my due diligence and this is what i've got here
0: Uh, yeah so i've got it here as well so it's you get a if you get a straight red for serious foul play, violent conduct, or spitting at an opponent or any other person, you get a two match automatic suspension. However, if you get a straight red for denying the opposition team a goal scoring opportunity, offensive, insulting, or abusive and or language and or gestures, or receiving a second yellow it means you just get a one match ban. So I would argue this would come under Serious foul
1: play? That's what I've got as well. Uh serious foul play results in a two match, automatic suspension, effective immediately. Only thing worth noting is these ones can be appealed on the basis on, on the basis that it wasn't two yellows. Um but I've sort of seen the challenge back and I don't think St. Marin would be you know, effectively using their time appealing the decision. Um meaning that yes, he will miss the game against uh, Celtic, so arguably you could stick him on the pitch and use him as a bench trick player, and then he will miss that Ross County game in game week 30, so if you are on him, I would probably step sideways, um, bring in a different centre and asset if you're targeting the double or uh, a budget midfielder elsewhere, probably. Um, I felt like, I mean, before we go on to discuss the game, it's worth noting that uh Hearts made a whole number of changes. I think it was six. Six changes this week from the the, the side that lost to Ross County, which is, I guess is somewhat unsurprising. Yeah. Um,
0: I saw a few Hearts fans in my timeline sort of complaining about that, about Robbie Nielsen, as he's like too willing to change when it's... I remember there was a period where he just didn't play Mackay for some reason. It's like, why are you not doing that? He's your best, like, creative asset. I've also
1: heard Hearts fans say that uh, Robbie Nielsen is willing to give time to players that are playing well. Um, so I think, I think honestly, what that is is Hearts fans can't seem to make their mind up on Robbie Nielsen as a manager. Yeah, I can't. Or seem at to least there's it. one section that are you know very much in support of him and you know are very reticent of the fact that he brought them up this season and are in third, which is no mean feat, and the other sort of want him out after a couple of bad results on the slide. Strange, yeah. Nonetheless, what did you
0: think of the of the game, Thomas? I mean, I feel like when any team goes down to ten men, they're almost it just does completely change the complexion of the game. But I do feel Hearts were very much worth their win. Um, Players that I would highlight: uh, Mackay again, everything creative going forward. Sims got his goal and nearly scored a second and I've put Boyce down he missed three big chances but any other game I feel that he would bury at least one of them.
1: yeah no I have the same three players down as well. on Boyce he's caused me uh, a headache here because his underlying numbers were great seven shots three on target three key passes 1.5 Xg but that all came before Sims came onto the pitch. Who has then scored and probably, as you said, should have had two. Do I worry about not necessarily Boyce's place in the lineup, but his playing position? because he, he sort of when Sims is on the park, he seems to sort of fall into that, that sort of off the striker kind of a role. Should I should I persist with him in games at home to Aberdeen, Dundee United, Livingston, Ross County, Hibbs? Like, do I do it, you know? Because this was a long term fixture play, or do I use this as an opportunity to be a bit more aggressive and move to? Uh, Say an Anderson or uh, a Jack Amakis or a Kevin Van Veen,
0: yeah. targeting fixture runs specifically there. I want like I I have got it in my head that is this sort of similar to Nisbet because Nisbet was like posting all right numbers for a long time and he's still not getting points. Yeah, so I, yeah, I can understand it. Um, I feel there's potentially better sh- like. I feel there is currently more informed strikers, obviously. Is there many with a better fixture on? I mean, I could argue Van Veen, but since Tony Watts left, he's been kind of useless. Yeah, he's not been as good. Um, You could argue any of the other Motherwell forwards. Willery has started. Woolery effort, yeah. Willery has started popping up a couple of times
1: now. It's just that rotation risk is my issue there. Yeah. Uh, Alexander seems quite happy to chop and change his starting lineup specific to his opponent so
0: i don't know i mean jack Macus is a good shout but i think he's also currently injured but i don't know how for how long so it is a sakala from rangers then you're sacrificing
1: one of Bassi or morel uh, or tav something i would be considering doing and we'll go on to those reasons why in a second but it's a consideration. I most likely I probably have like bigger fish to fry, and Boyce will stay in my team. But it's something I'm. It's a situation I'm
0: monitoring. That's for sure. It is popping up on our radar.
1: Um. So yeah, Sims looked great. I thought if you're on, if you're on him, well done. When it came to the fifty-fifty decision between him and Boyce, you made the correct decision. And if you own Mackay, again, very envious. He's a player I really want, but I just I don't want to triple up on Hearts necessarily. At least not at this stage. I've got again. I wonder if I'm overthinking
0: that. Then just bring in a good player who's going to record me assists. But I mean, they play Aberdeen at home this week, and Aberdeen like have barely have they won at home this season? Away from home this season, once maybe. Yeah, two one against
1: Livingston at the start of the season was it not? So, I mean, it's
0: a and that's the start of the season. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Uh, this, on my mind is one one of a number of moves I could make this week. Um, not going to say too much. Yeah, as you rightly pointed out, nothing you can really say for Saint Moon assets. Um, I guess, I guess. I mean, they do have the double around the corner. Does who then are the
0: picks? Uh, the Greave seemed relatively off. It he, I feel like at the time it was a good transfer, but. Because he had he, he not scored in like two of his last three games, but then obviously Jim Goodwin's left. He had the double as well coming up. Yep. Oh, he was in the middle of a double.
1: Yeah, and then Goodwin left.
0: Yeah, but they've got they're, they're coming up against two of the three worst defenses in the league after the Celtic game. Like their double, sorry, is two of the three worst defenses in the league. Yep. So I could see offensive returns and whether it's grief starting you need to wait and see because as we always say with when you're playing away at the old farm there's not much you can take away and considering they're at Celtic Park next weekend it's like yeah
1: And yeah the team news is not going to make much difference for me I don't think Um, they have a nice run from game week 30 on as the double uh, that will be my transfer in game week 30 as a St. Marin player in they've got Ross County and Dundee away followed by Dundee United sort of three terrible defenses currently um, then Motherwell away from home, and it kind of really, I guess it depends on which version of
0: Motherwell turns up, followed by Rangers at home. So like a, it's a nice run sandwiched in between the old farm.
1: So Ronan, I would move on.
0: Probably, I mean, you could use, you could arguably use him as a bench trick player. But then he does, he's not going to
1: play in the double game week. You'll have one. He'll fixture. play
0: one game in the double game week against Dundee. So I mean, take from that what you will. Uh, I think
1: uh, maybe Kilty is probably the best option there.
0: Kilty. Um, I mean, I, I wonder if Grieve is still going to get game time. I'm not sure. So I'm not, he's off my radar now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, w- I, I wouldn't,
1: yeah. May Because Brophy has come back to fitness as well. I think he's been getting minutes recently. So he's now, not only is he not really performing, he's somewhat of a rotation risk.
0: But again, I feel like you can't really take his performance into consideration because they went down to 10 men yep. and were sort of just un- under turbulent times. So you you will need to sort of wait and see. However, come game week 30, I probably would transfer Grieve out.
1: Fair enough. I don't think there's too much more we need to speak about with regards to that fixture. Um, What about Hearts? Yeah, Hearts are still on their nice run. Aberdeen, Dundee, United, Livingston, Ross County and Hibbs. Again, the sort of same manner as Livingston. I'm not going to talk you down from increasing the number of Hearts assets in your team. Yeah, but Halkett back into the side now as well. So they'll probably be solidifying
0: defensively. Yeah, we were berating. We were sort of talking Hearts' defence down as they had they were one of the worst defences over the last six. But Hamish from the Hoofball Pods correctly pointed out that that is the exact same time period that Halkett had been out for and their defence looked significantly better. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, I believe we moved on we time travel to Sunday that's it um, Sel-
1: Hibs nil Celtic nil um, Celtic are sort of in a sticky patch at the moment they uh, um, sort of scrape past Dundee weren't particularly impressive uh, in between two uh, defeats the Bodo and then a draw away at uh, Easter Road kind of stuttering a little bit considering the kind of form they were coming into that run in
0: yeah, um, they are, they, uh, the Pai and Bovril put up stats of like the last six, like the points from the last six and they were top. They might still be top, but they, their performances have dropped off significantly. Don't, don't get me wrong. I still think they probably on the balance of things deserve to win this game. I think Abada had a couple of good chances, which he should have buried, realistically speaking, um. But apart from that, they didn't offer too much going forwards. I mean, I think the first thing to
1: note about Celtic was that they filled, fielded like a second string side in Europe. So that was their best 11 out. Um, and yeah, kind of underwhelmed. Uh, I think it was only Maeda, Rogic, Starfelt, and Hart that survived um, the Bodo glimpse. Fixture with uh, Jack being benched. He was a player who I was strongly considering before the start of this game week, and I decided against sort of one of those things in hindsight. Worked out quite nicely there, because um, I think he was one of the more transfer players in this week. Um, Hebb's team news 3 4 2 1, they're persisting with J- Dre Wright came in to replace Ewan Henderson. Yeah, I would say you're probably on the money about. Celtic being unfortunate potentially to come away with nothing, but I did think Hibbs played very, very well and have solidified somewhat defensively of late. If I pull up their expected data, yeah, they're fourth for XGA over the last six and over the last four, fourth as well. Um, I'm trying to think what, what's, what, what's really worth discussion here. I mean... I have been eyeing up bringing in uh, an extra old farm attacker. Do you think a Celtic mid is a viable option at this point? Or do you think I should be maybe looking
0: to Rangers? Um, I feel Jota is burning a big hole in my wallet, currently speaking. Um, but is there many assets who I feel are, who have been as reliable as him even over the past six game weeks, so it, it is that question. You could arguably just have Charles Cook, two Celtic and a Rangers midfielder. If you I can,
1: have, I've got space for one more because I have you've got the bench street player in midfield. I don't, I do not.
0: Yeah, so that, that's what I was saying is for you, two Celtic, Charles Cook and a Rangers midfielder, that's
1: as well fun. as uh, Ferguson. Oh, yeah, because I've got five
0: that's a good point
1: yeah I don't see I mean the thing is I don't see who you replace, replace Yotta with I don't think there are exactly a wealth of options in that price bracket um, I do think he's going to come good and they have a run of good fixtures on paper if so yeah if you exclude the old farm uh, in 32 you've got St. Mirren at home then yes Celtic are playing away against Livingston probably couldn't come at a worse time um, followed by at home to Ross County and at home to St. Johnston I see goals in four of those fixtures. I know Livingston have been a bit of a sort of, you know, a sticky game for Celtic, but they have to overcome the hoodoo at some point. And, yeah. You know, they will have had a... I, they won't necessarily have had a wee break. They'll be back-to-back, you know, turn around from that Saint round fixture quite quickly. I mean, so I have a bad at anyotta. I guess you're then tossing up between Rogic, Hatate and um, O'Reilly...
0: I mean Hatati's old farm heroics haven't really been followed up too much I mean he had the the, the stunner I believe is what you, it's the only word you can describe it as against Hearts but again since the old farm he's not done much offensively no. um, It's worth noting that Celtic's offensive numbers have slipped
1: over the last couple of game weeks, uh, or last few game weeks sorry, they were on a season average of 2.25 XG per uh, Power ninety, uh, but that has gone over the last six to two point one six, and over the last four down to two point oh eight. So not a huge decline, but a decline nonetheless. Should I, in that case, then consider just pressing forward with Jovanovic He takes penalties. Celtic, I mean, fine. So let's say we consider, let's say we perceive those like Saint Mary and Saint Mary and Livingston as being difficult fixtures, somewhat offensively. I don't think they're going to be that tough defensively. No, do I then hold Jurandovic because he was someone I was considering moving on?
0: I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, he scored eight points. The game week just gone. Yeah, and, and Celtics still do have the best defence in the league, and have sort of been their defence has been more tight as of late. So I mean, I don't see why you shouldn't. So, I mean, I could argue you could even maybe do a double up on the Celtic defence. And so sort of if you've got two transfers, almost like do a swap. You've got a sort of a two and a one for Rangers. Go like a one, one, one and a two and one, zero, if that makes sense. So have one Rangers defender and two Celtic defenders. Yep. One Rangers midfielder, one Celtic midfielder, and then Morelos.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's definitely a possibility. Again, it's something to add to the list of things to consider this week. But then you've got to ask yourself, who do you want to take out, bad or Jota? I don't think I want to take out either of those when they come into a run of St. Mary and Livingston Ross County and St. Johnson over the next four that's the thing so I think they're probably going to stay as they are Um, I would consider going to Giacomakis but again that's team use dependent and I don't think we get we will get that I'll miss team use this game because I'll be busy trading so I think I'll probably leave my Celtic assets most likely Um, Hibs yeah solidified a set defensively as I had mentioned um, and have I've Oh, a decent enough running. Dundee away, St. Johnson at home, Aberdeen away, Dundee United at home. Hearts away. I see three good fixture, kind fixtures. Um, from a defensive standpoint,
0: are you? Do you have your eye on any Hibernian defenders? I mean, I could potentially be tempted to do a swap from like someone like Ramsey to Doig or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think. I think. That would probably be the one that seems to make sense. It looks like now that they're hitting in the back three, instead of uh, Stevenson and Doig sharing minutes, they're both being played on the sort of left side of midfield and defence and swapping depending on the fixture. Sort of how Tierney and Robertson do it for Scotland, almost. But far less good at it, Oh, yes. oh absolutely, yeah, yes. Definitely. So that is, again, another transfer that is in my sort of plans. Um, do you think things are coming together for Hibs underneath, under... Underneath Maloney, under under Maloney.
0: They're just so bereft of ideas going forward. I mean, the way they maybe played against Celtic today, uh, today on uh, Sunday is maybe the way that you should just sort of play against Celtic. Uh, They sort of had two banks of five almost, or a bank of five and a bank of four, and then... uh, Nisbet up top before he got injured and that just sort of completely stifled Celtic crea- creatively but also just completely stifled Hibbs creatively mm.
1: Could you make the argument that sure going forward it's still, they're still struggling but off the ball like defensively they're really starting to look a little yeah, better I, I, I even thought their build out as well going from you know defence to midfield was looking much better
0: I mean absolutely they was that f- when was the last time they kept a clean sheet let me have a
1: quick look I'll pull that up go to Hibbs. Um, yeah, last
0: week because they won two didn't they?
1: Yes, but I'm trying to think if they're not on a run of, uh, they're definitely not on a run of clean sheets. I believe they've done okay. Let's see, one, two, three, four clean sheets in their last seven league games. That's pretty solid
0: yeah. by all accounts. And then what does the XG say about
1: that? i I'd already sort of briefly touched on it there. Uh, over they're the last six, they're fourth.
0: And over the last four, it's the same. Yeah, I mean, could easily see myself bringing in someone like Doig for Ramsey. Yeah. yeah.
1: Don't think there's too much else to touch on from a Hibs perspective. I'm not interested in any of their midfielders or attackers for the reasons that you have mentioned. Let's shift our focus then to the final game of the week. Um, I remember looking at my phone you know, Celtic dropped points and I was like oh interesting that the title race is going to heat up here Motherwell um, Rangers have a good chance of beating Motherwell smashed them 6-1 the last time they played I'd seen they'd gone up like was it 2-0 in the first half an hour and I was like wow that's it the title race is back on and then I go and check my fantasy football Scotland score like in the evening after the games were all done I was like wait a sec Bassey and Tav no points what's <laughs> happened here and they'd gone and conceded twice to Motherwell so I'd, I didn't really know what to make of it Thomas what do you think of the performance
0: yeah, I believe the football manager description was a Jekyll and Hyde performance. Um, they could arguably have gone what like 4-0 up had Morelos known how to stay on side uh, and he could have had a hat-trick, which I would not have complained about. Um, but he didn't, so it doesn't really matter. And then, yeah, uh, Motherwell just took their chances. And I think at the end there was like, Motherwell could have gone on to win it. I don't. I, I, you're about to sh- show me the XG, and I feel like Rangers will be significantly higher than Motherwell's, similar to the Dundee United game. But. I don't know. They, the second that the ball. Was it Willery that scored the second goal?
1: Just pull it up now to refresh my memory.
0: Uh, Willery got the. Uh, got the second yes he did yeah he just made an absolute fool of Goldson and Tavernier like two players that I would argue Ra- Rangers rely on pretty heavily defensively he just made an absolute mockery of both of them and then McGregor doesn't ne- necessarily cover himself in any glory either uh, I, I, I i don't know
1: about you are you i'm starting to have growing concerns with regards to uh the Rangers defense Um, If you go and sort the expected goals table by expected goals over the last six, they're third, which doesn't sound so bad, but they're conceding an expected goals at an average of 1.03, which is comparable to that of uh, Hibbs and Aberdeen's numbers. Um, And then when you look over the last four, I think it gets... Does it get worse? Uh, It's not bad. It's still third, so 0.76, but... You know, compared to their season, season average it's not been the best I mean I guess over the last four
0: it's not been so bad but and then when you again when you sort of compare that to their offensive output they've got the best offensive output in the league
1: it's them I'm considering that's where so I had toyed with the idea of going for a third, third Celtic midfielder I'm less interested now what do you think about uh, I guess it is, the choice would be between Ryan Kent and
0: Rebo most likely in midfield I feel almost he's um, Arebo scored recently but apart from that since the old firm I can't say I've seen him doing too much the player that has been catching my eye has been Kent he looks like he's on some serious form at the moment I thought passing the eye test with flying colours currently Um, let me just try and pull up Aribo's numbers since the old firm Year. Well, I've got their expected goals
1: for the league um up right now. Um showing and this is not from XG data uh, underscore uh uh data, this is from um the analyst. Based on the fact that I don't have any, you know, individual player data from from uh, XG underscore data. Neither of them feature in the top, what is it, twenty-five for expected goals? And then I think the same can be said for expected assists as well. Oh, no,
0: they are there for the expected assists. Yeah, so I was right. The um, Aribo had only scored once since the old farm, like once including the old farm. Um, Yeah. Whilst before that, he was on like really good form. So since game week 24, he's obviously scored once, but between game week 17 and 24, he had one, two, three, four, five goal involvements. So it's like a real sort of dried up hasn't it since he came back from afghan yes so i mean I, the and he is 0.3 million more expensive um but in that same sort of time frame kent's had three assists yeah and he's also looked more dangerous with regards to shooting as well yeah <sighs>
1: Yeah, I would say, that, I mean, I've got the stats in front of me here with regards to expected assists. Joe Aribo is uh, underperforming his expected data. He has recorded 0.28 XA um, whilst has only returned point, uh, 0.08 assists. Um, so potentially we could see an increase there. Whereas Ryan Kent is the sort of inverse 0.19 expected assists to 0.28 actual assists. So what do we go for here then do you trust the eye test here or do you rely on the numbers or do you think there's not enough upside from either of them at the moment
0: It's tough like because because then you do have to take out a Rangers defender and
1: again that just as a decision, that sounds like a very much a luxury transfer heading into a run of fixtures of St. Johnston who are not great going forward. Aberdeen at home who who can score but use, as you have just said it looks like uh, Aberdeen will look to solidify defensively before they start working on you know attacking patterns of play. And it's Dund-
0: Aberdeen football club playing away from Patojri so it's you know, rubbish. Um,
1: Dundee in the following game then you have the old firm so that's where you might start moving the assets around. It just... I'm not going to take out a Rangers defender before they go away and play St. Johnson. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah.
0: It is so tough, to be honest. I, I'm, I've got a million and one things I want to do, and I'll probably not decide until, like, a minute before the deadline tomorrow.
1: Um, any yeah. other... Rangers individual performances again. Um, Morelos four shots, one on target, five key passes, hit the woodwork once. 0.4 xg, point four xa, one assist, one goal. Um, he's been my vice captain of choice recently. Does he get the armband? Should he be getting captaincy?
0: Now, that is something I've been very much considering. After I saw a bad as blank, I was like, "Oh Christ, sakes, that's it. From now on, it's probably going to be a Rangers CVC." And I was like, and then after the Mother, I was like, "Ah." Three points doubled is better than no points doubled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um But yeah, I'm very tempted to start getting Morelos, his give, giving Morelos the armband. Morelos the armband. Christ. Yeah.
1: Would you then give the vice captaincy to a midfield player or to
0: an old firm defender? Probably would end up giving it to Juranovic, To be honest, maybe Jota. Hmm. Hmm. Fair. I think so. And yeah. I guess
1: before we go on to discuss captaincy um, I think it would make sense to you know not I mean we can't not talk about Motherwell here for two counts they took points off Rangers at Ibrox first and foremost Uh, second of all um, they come into the kindest run of fixtures in the league I've got my own sort of modified version of um, at Show's fixture ticker up here and it's just a, a stripe of green cutting the ticker in half Ross County at home Dundee at home, Saint Johnson away, Saint Marin at home, Livingston away. Like that couple of difficult teams you could argue in there, but that is a run of fixtures that you could see Motherwell Well pulling it together for.
0: Yeah, that's why I was suggesting that one of the strikers you go for is Woolery. I'm I'm gonna get I get I'm gonna pull his numbers up, Jamie. Um but I feel like he has been playing relatively consistently. Yeah. Um Watch me be absolutely wrong with that. Um, I'm absolutely wrong with that.
1: Yeah, and I, I knew he was a rotation risky. I think he comes in and at the side for effort on the right hand side.
0: Yeah, but effort had a pretty rubbish game, and then Kane Willary also scored the winner against, or not the winner, the equaliser against Rangers at Ibrox. So I wonder if we do start to see, because he had a goal and an assist this game.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so I really do start to wonder if we'll see more of him.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the stat that you had about uh, corners and... Uh, sorry, no, headers. Uh, here we are, I've got them. Yeah, so when it comes to Motherwell assets, my thinking is fine. They're not in great form, but what are they best at? Well, you said in a graphic... Was it put up by at Celtic by numbers? Or was uh, it at it, Cynic Analysis? It was one of the like three Celtic Analytics Twitter pages. So, to put it. Apologies if you're listening and we got it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, Motherwell uh, have scored thirty-two percent of their goals from headers, and have uh, conceded the fewest from headers, which makes me think two things first and foremost. Um, what sort of assets from Motherwell should we be looking at, you know, to score those headers? But who's going to be taking all of those set pieces? And I think the answer to that question is Goss. Now, whilst he didn't play against Rangers, we can all, I think we all understand that unless it's Celtic. Every other team in the league lines up differently to play one of the old firm, far more pragmatic. And I don't think Goss necessarily offers that. He's a bit more of a sort of creative player, a playmaker, um, with you know great set piece capability. And he's someone who's very strongly on my rate, strongly on my radar, very much on my radar heading into this run of fixtures. Thomas, what do you think about Sean Goss? Was he not out
0: due to injury, but? He was someone who recently I had been keeping an eye on. I think he was in the watch list for a while, but then he dropped out for some reason. Just other, other options. Yeah, um, but
1: why? Why did you think he was out through injury? He didn't play this game week, did he? I know, but I'm saying, like, do you not think that's just because Motherwell wanted to set up differently, or did they explicitly say
0: this in uh, on sports scene? No, I I can't remember. I just assumed that they would not not play such a key player
1: he's key but don't you think that when it comes to the midfield playing against the old farm they're going to be
0: looking for something different than a Sean
1: Goss uh, I mean, who did... Sean
0: Goss was on the bench so I yeah. assume he's, he wasn't injured um,
1: who did they end up lining up in midfield with let's have a look uh, make... I mean,
0: they started with uh, Donnelly Cornelius, Willary on the right O'Hara Central and Tierney on the left but that got changed at half time and uh, Shaw, I'm a loser, and Roberts all came in for Efford, um, O'Hara and Tierney. So it's like the, that was when the game sort of really... S- not, well, not swung, because Rangers were still on top, but that's when Motherwell at least sort of starting to threaten. Another idea I've been talking about... So I think Goss is probably a transfer in for me this week.
1: Um, I'm reticent of the fact that I have got... Uh, Ashley Maynard Brewer on the bench, who is out injured currently. What about a move for a goalkeeper, such as Kelly? Whilst yes, I do already have Gordon, who has a reasonable, reasonably nice run of fixtures.
0: Is that an option, Kelly? I mean, if you—I mean, we've been talking about having transfers to burn, uh, and if you have the luxury of doing that, I mean. Ross County, third best attacking side in the league, but then you've got Dundee and St Johnston who are the two worst attacking sides in the league. Then St Mirren and Livingston. St Mirren, again just under new management. Not sure. And then Livingston, I... We've just seen them pummel Dundee 4-0 and they have also, as we've been blabbering on about, have sort of started to come into some offensive form. So I mean, Kelly for like that three-week run there, I wouldn't talk you out of it.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, whilst Motherwell have a great order of fixtures, uh, you can't deny that. Defensively, they've been very underwhelming over, like, since the new year and their numbers suggest as such. They had t- been a team that we'd earmarked as, you know, vastly overperforming their underlying data and I wonder if now, finally, as we run in towards the end of the season, we're sort of starting to see the performances Um they become reflected in the results like they are in the overall um, expected goals table. Um, for XG, they are middle of the pack, and then for defensive numbers, again also down 7th, which I guess is about where they are. But if you sort by last 6, um, their defensive numbers, it has them down in, I think it's ninth for XGA over the last 6 and for XG, eh, reasonable. And then XG over the last 4, 8th and XG over the last 4th, That's a, I guess maybe I was misperceiving that. They are performing fairly well in the final third of the pitch Would you argue that the only issue there is risk of rotation? It's kind of hard to nail down who's playing
0: Yeah, because the only player previously that was pretty much nailed was Watt, but again as we said he's moved on, so it's you would sort of need to go back and look at which. Pl- I mean, Van Veen was nailed, but he was injured this week, I believe, because he damaged his, like, he injured his shoulder. So he did. Um. So I mean, I wonder with Effort performing so poorly in the first half, we might see him coming back if he's
1: available. Yeah. Let's kind of round off this discussion on Motherwell because I don't want to go around too much in the circle. So we're not looking at attack midfield option is probably Goss. Kelly could become an option if you're looking for a goalkeeper. What about across the defence? Anyone from defence? Um,
0: I did think for some reason that O'Jala was getting reg- uh, O'Jala and Saul Holmio Hansen were getting regular minutes, but apparently not. So um, Maybe someone like Jake Carroll at left back? Um, again, he comes in and out of the side for it's McGinley.
1: Um, right. So I think your safest bet is probably Bevis Mugabe. Yeah, based be- on the fact that he can play both right back and centre back, and he does get very consistent minutes. I had a look at this over the, you know, whilst I had a spare minute at work today. I think he started like six of the last seven fixtures. Um, so I think, yeah, let's round off this Motherwell discussion. Then, what would you say the top three Motherwell assets are to own over this run of five game weeks? I
0: feel like you should probably put. <laughs> if you have the luxury of burning a transfer i feel like Liam kelly is probably one of the best when he is the only unrotatable player i like he is just so good for motherwell and goals, goals then you're right i feel Mugabe is it and then when he's fit kevin van veen also is pretty nailed up yeah. front yeah i think yeah no I, I think that's a pretty reasonable
1: top 3 i would probably swap in goss um i like goss not only because he takes all the set pieces when he's playing um he's three million. So I can take funds out of McMullen, would you believe? Um and True. reinvest them somewhere else.
0: And as opposed to someone like you, you don't have three striker slots, yeah. whereas I do. So you've yeah. then got to sort of justify taking out Boyce and replacing him with someone like Van Veen or another striker.
1: Yeah. Righty ho. Um I feel like we've sort of managed to cover general discussion with regards to the teams there. Um, As we've gone through the fixtures, I think before we round out, we've got a couple of questions uh, to tackle, so we'll pull those up quickly. Um, We've already answered the question um, from at Barracuda on Twitter, who was asking about um, Ronan's availability upcoming.
0: Um, We have a question here from... let me pull them up here one second... Uh, from Donny Rob 77 if you had a triple captain chip still to play, which fixture would you target and who would you pick? I think we've spoken enough about captain season, why it should always be plonked on the player playing against Dundee. Uh, yeah, so, I, 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 I earmarked that one as well. Um, so, I don't know, this week... I, uh, it's, I mean, you could... I don't want to say you should put on a St. Marin player because I feel like that's a bad Pete but uh, probably a Rangers player come game week 31,
1: probably Morelos yeah I think Rangers captain say triple captain say Morelos so would be a good shot I think that's the blank game week though so we could see their fixture moved and I imagine um, that those fixtures would be rearranged for uh, game week um, prior to the split, I mean it, it would have to be Um so that would fall into either game week 32 or 33. So theoretically, Rangers could have a double versus St. Marin and Dundee. That seems like a good time to use your triple captainship. The same was probably true of Celtic, provided they go through. They would maybe have a double in their game week 22 or 33. So hypothetically, it could be against uh, St. Johnson and Ross County. Again, that sounds like but both of those games at home sounds like an excellent opportunity to Put the triple captaincy on on a yacht on Yota If you really wanted a punt, I would go for a Saint Marin asset, maybe Kilty. Uh, but I just don't.
0: Think I, I it's don't feel it. comfortable recommending that. no nah.
1: nah. So you're probably going to stick on an old firm player, probably in their double that should come in either twenty two or twenty three. I think it will depend on uh, what which... thirty two or thirty three. yeah sorry it depends on which week will be free. Um, something I've been considering doing, Thomas, is a sort of uh like. Game week predicted table because I'm sure you can figure these things out based on, like, say, betting odds probability of teams progressing in the cup, uh, yeah, and therefore probably. you could slightly. So, I think it's something I'm going to work on. Um, it's something I'm going to you know, tackle. I mean, there's plenty of time now, we've got a good two week break between game week 30 and game week 31. Yeah, I think Scotland
0: are playing World Cup qualifiers, yeah,
1: so I think that's something to tackle then.
0: Yes, so um, then. Next question comes in from at ffs underscore scout. What players are you targeting between now and the split? Um,
1: I had a wee list here somewhere. Bear with me. I just I jotted, scramble around. Jotted down some some thoughts. So, um, first on my list was another old firm attacker. It's something that has been sort of in the back of my mind for a good few game weeks now. Um, Kent Aribo and Jacky are all leading my
0: considerations at this moment. Yeah, but I think did we not eventually figure that you couldn't really find a way to any of them? I, but not, I, I mean, not, I, I suppose this isn't necessarily specific to you. So yeah, both old, old firm both sides of the old farms, and their attackers.
1: I still think that that is a there is potential for upside there. I just. I can't bring myself to take out Bassi and or Juranovic. I just see them as being sort of the solid base for my team as yeah. I as I try and target fixtures elsewhere, which I guess brings me on to my next consideration. Motherwell assets, probably. Um, they, as we mentioned, have an unbelievable run and have outlined their uh, picks as such.
0: Uh, probably some Hibbs assets, probably someone like Josh Doig. I mean, they, they have... A relatively easy run in, especially over the next four game weeks. I would argue they should win three of the three of them. They should win three of their last five games. I personally feel, but I see three clean
1: sheets in there as well. I think they're yep. performing quite well defensively. So a Josh Doig probably would be would be a would be an option. Yeah, uh, or always- if you're
0: wanting someone who's more nailed, you could arguably go for someone like Ryan Porteous. Yeah,
1: Porto. Uh, and finally. Not this game week, but game week 30, I think everyone will be bringing in St. Moone players. A way to Ross County in Dundee seems like good offensive fixtures, so you could argue a Kilty would be a shout yeah. Um, I also had um, I had Rodon and then scored him off once I realised or remembered he'd been red carded. What about a defender? I know Ross County have been a great attacking side, but you know the underlying numbers don't suggest <laughs> that they are as good as they might have seemed over the last four. They're eleventh for XG and over the last six they're ninth. So you, you know maybe a Joe Shalkensey, yeah, a Jack Anick.
0: Yeah, I mean I was just actually just I've got the fixture ticker up here. Come game week thirty-one. Aberdeen play Hibbs at home, and then have Dundee away in Ross County at home. So, someone like Christian Ramirez, Bazawin, Ferguson. I mean, you know, we've already got Ferguson, both got Ferguson
1: in. I'm not targeting them though. Like, where where do you see the real like the greatest
0: upside for points? I don't see a lot of upside in Aberdeen's you, run-in. You don't see a lot of upside in playing Dundee and Ross County for your last two fixtures.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. But that's game week three. I feel like that's a punt at the end. Is anyone that you sort of for a slight slightly longer time, I guess, that you're eyeing up? Motherwell, definitely. Yep. Saint Mirin definitely. Yep.
0: Hibbs definitely.
1: Hibbs definitely. Um a yeah, couple of good defensive fixtures, like Hibs Defenders. Um Old Firm assets I'm fairly settled on. Yeah, I probably that probably is about it. Is there a why not then? Let's, for a bit of fun, pick out one player you think is going to do very, very well over the next five game weeks. Oh, dear. Yeah.
0: I actually like the idea of, like, a Josh Doig or a Porteous. to be honest. I I feel like a Motherwell player is sort of too, I mean, we've been discussing this for the last time ever long, too much rotation risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably say someone... I mean, it's going to be really boring. I mean, last season it would have been really boring, but this season it's a completely different story. Someone like Josh Doig might be a good shout, because as you were saying, they looked relatively resolute playing against Celtic.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Bruce Anderson's going to continue to punish me for not bringing him in. That's my bit. I think I think
0: Bruce Anderson continues his run of form. Fair enough. That is someone who I hadn't considered. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still going to stick to Josh Doig. Yeah, I can see him picking up. 20 or so points over the next 4 or 5 game weeks Yeah, I
1: feel like it's a good place to
0: leave it Thomas why don't you round us out yes so once again thanks to at xg underscore data for allowing us to plagiarise his numbers um, and don't forget to if you haven't already sign up for a half hour fa- Christ it's late um <clears throat> Half Hour Fantasy Pod's uh upcoming cup. Yep. Drop them a DM and I'm sure they'll be happy to plonk you in there. Yeah, I think it's picking up though, so you want to get over there quite quickly if you haven't already,
1: register yourself for that to come. It's a good bit of fun as we head into the, the, the rundown of the season, so yeah, get involved. And we will see you on like Thursday night. Yeah, I know, back in two nights. Hopefully the last double upload in a week this
0: is really starting to stretch me kind of thin (laughs) (laughs) and we get a two week holiday kind of soon
1: yep don't forget to follow us on twitter at sffantasycom and yeah see you on Thursday see you on Thursday